Is moving away from plastic always the right move, even if it leads to more food waste? We're going to talk about that and much more on today's episode of the Sustainable Packaging Show. My name is Michael Markarian, and my family business is a packaging company that serves top brands all over the world. There's no debate that some packaging is harming nature and polluting our cities, and something needs to change. My goal is to show you that sustainable options exist and how you can implement them right now. This is the Sustainable Packaging Show. All right, welcome back to the Sustainable Packaging Show podcast. We have a great episode for you today. You're watching the State of Sustainable Packaging for August 2023. The goal of this podcast is to give you guys the information and knowledge you need to be confident to make decisions and make the move to sustainable packaging. And we hope to cover a lot of the topics that are sometimes complex, sometimes can make people procrastinate because there's not a clear definition. So hopefully through these discussions, you feel empowered to make the move to sustainable packaging. So we're going to start off with the hopefully thought-provoking question of the day. And the question of the day is, is moving away from plastic always the right move, even if it leads to more food waste? This is a conversation that's starting to happen. I want to pose that question to you. Drop it in the comments below what you think. Now, to be clear, I don't like plastic. I don't want plastic. I want to reduce plastic across the board. However, this is a valid question, and we need to answer valid questions and think about them. And this is part of you becoming more savvy in the world of sustainable packaging is not to just say, no plastic ever, plastic is horrible, but to think these things through, and then hopefully you'll have an alternative and another solution. So drop it in the comments below. Is moving away from plastic Always the right move, even if it leads to more food waste. And I'm going to give you my take on that at the end of the show. So where do we stand the state of sustainable packaging? Let's do something fun today. On a 1 to 10 scale, 1 being checking the box. What we call checking the box is I do it because the law says to and I don't really care, but I'm just doing it to comply. Checking the box. I need to use X percentage of PCR recycled content in my packaging. PCR, post-consumer recycled content. That's the common law that's out there checking the box versus that that's a one versus a 10 would be I'm 100% committed, 100% committed so long as it works with my margin, right? I'm not talking about selling a $1 box when my retail is 50 cents. Obviously that doesn't work, but if it works with the margin, I'm 100% committed to doing what I believe is best for the environment. I'm putting effort and resources into figuring that out. Where do we stand as an industry, as a world? I'm going to give it a Drum roll, please. Three out of 10 right now. So we're a three out of 10. And by and large, the state of the industry, as I'm doing my research to prepare for this, it's still large brands moving to post-consumer recycled plastic, not eliminating plastic, but moving to post-consumer recycled plastic. Now, this is an opportunity for up-and-coming brands who can be more in touch with the needs of consumers. So in one sense, we might want to change that, right? We might say, why are these brands not moving faster? And there are reasons. I think the biggest reason is risk. It's risky and it's time-consuming to make that change. And if they're making billions and billions of dollars, they're probably not overly motivated to make those changes. The other thing is there's risk with any change. What if it doesn't work? So if it's working, then they're not going to make the move. By and large, they're not making the move. So that's the maybe negative side that can be discouraging. But as a brand, you have an opportunity here to move to sustainable packaging 
and connect with your consumers who want to see this change happen. So I see it as a phenomenal opportunity still as we're recording here in 2023. I've been saying this for years since we started the podcast, but I still think it's a great opportunity. So three out of 10, we'll see over time how that improves, um, but we'll give it a three out of 10 for today. Now I want to cover some headlines. Um, Okay, so SNS Insider says that the corrugated box market, so corrugated boxes, think about e-commerce ship uh, shipping boxes, not toothpaste, folding cartons, more Amazon e-commerce boxes, expected to reach a value of 100, uh, ex- excuse me, reached a value of $124.4 billion in 2022 with a project and is projected by 2030 to reach $224.1 billion. So why do I say this? These are massive numbers, but this is encouragement to people that want to get involved in the sustainable packaging business. This is a market that's ripe for improvement. That's the current corrugated box projection, but that's not to say, and I guarantee there will be many innovations in this area of sustainable packaging. So I want to encourage um, engineering graduates or just people who love to innovate, people who want to build companies to consider the sustainable packaging market. There's a lot of money to be made if you're thoughtful about how do I contribute and improve the status quo. If you're looking for sustainable packaging in the cannabis industry, email wow at contempopackaging.com. Next uh, article comes from sustainablepackagingnews.com. Parkside and New Forest Fruit Company collaborate on compostable plant-to-packet solutions. So this one was pretty cool. I want to read this. So again, sustainablepackagingnews.com. I'm going to read for you. Parkside and New Forest Fruit Company have developed a home compostable flexible package solution for a new range of plant-to-packet sustainable dried strawberries. This is a farm. They sell dried strawberries. They need it in a flexible package, flexible packaging. Think about it, something that, you know, chips would come in per se. And they found a way to make that home compostable. The packs are made with Parkside's patented triplex Park to Nature material, which is TUV certified as home compostable within 26 weeks in normal composting conditions and 12 weeks in an industrial compostable facility. So as you guys know, the difference between industrial versus home composting, we've talked about that in previous episodes. Check out previous episodes if you don't know the difference. Sustainable packaging, this is from uh, Parkside. Sustainable packaging is fundamental to our business. We're thrilled to work with a brand whose ethos is similar to our own. The partnership with New Forest Fruit Company uh, saw us share a goal to develop high-quality packaging that is packed that is packed as sustainably as possible. All right, so we're going to read a little bit further down here. Um, Okay, so this is a key point, the last point here. Uh, So just more sort of marketing press release copy, as well as fully breaking down, it's talking about the package, as well as fully breaking down in a range of conditions and timeframes in either home or industrial composters. Uh, Parkside's solution also delivered a pack that conveys freshness and quality of our product to consumers. So we see this fine line. It's often a question, and it sort of talks about this question that I that I opened the show with. 
the relationship between sustainability and freshness. You're going to see this more and more. The relationship between if I go more sustainable, is it going to lead to more food waste? And this is one such example of an innovation that, from what we see, based on this press release and sustainable packaging news, is a, is a fairly good source that I personally uh, think highly of. I don't know everything about them, but relatively, I like what I see so far. Here's an example of where someone has balanced it quite well in a world where sometimes people say, we use plastic. Why? Because shelf life is the concern. And that'll be part of my take in a moment. Okay, so I'll drop that link in the comments below. The next thing I want to talk about is the FTC Green Guide update. So we've talked about the Green Guides. These are laws, guidelines by the FTC so that consumers are not misled. And we've talked a lot about on this show that one of the areas that consumers can be misled is in this area of sustainability, not just packaging, but our product is net zero. Our product is so eco-friendly. Okay, what do these terms really mean? So the Green Guides are talking about things directly related to packaging. And I came across uh, something from Green Blue, Green Blue organization that I thought was very uh, thoughtful These guidelines have not been updated since 2012, the FTC guidelines. So they open up a public comment period where different organizations weigh in on their thoughts. And Green Blue uh, really did a great job, the Green Blue Institute. So I want to talk about just some examples. This is their suggestions to the FTC as they create this guidance, their recommendations. So I want to give you some examples here. So this is Green Blue's recommendations. Recommendation. I'll just read a few and then I'll link it below. Recommendation. Provide guidance that chasing arrows, the little recycling symbol, should only be used for recyclable claims, not used for recyclable content claims. The difference between what is recyclable, meaning this package can be recycled, and what uses recycled content. Now, just because something uses recycled content does not mean it's recyclable. And they're suggesting don't use chasing arrows in a case where you're just using recycled content. So this is an example of a very thoughtful recommendation, which is why I'm bringing attention to this guidance document by Green Blue Institute. Next recommendation, provide guidance on not using recycle-ready claims. Now they talk about the Dow Corporation established a portfolio of materials that are compatible with recycling in grocery store drop-off. And they're talking about the use of this term recycle-ready which might make consumers think that it's available for curbside, meaning at your home recycling, when really it's not. So it's a combination of not misleading consumers, but if you want to give the brands the benefit of the doubt, which we will in this case, how do we make it where it's clear to the consumer what they can do? Even if a brand is not trying to mislead, but they might be leading the consumer to make Uh, do the wrong thing with the packaging. They take that flexible package, they throw it in their blue bin because they think it's recycle-ready, but really, it's not recyclable in the blue bin. It has to be dropped off in the store. I think most of the times the brands know, frankly, but sometimes I would imagine they don't. Maybe the packaging company knows, but the brand doesn't know what they're buying into. So these are all good distinctions. Again, if we can make wise decisions at the top, packaging companies working with brands, and we give clear Uh, instructions to consumers of what to do. And that's done with a good heart, not in a way that's misleading. I think we're, we're well on our way. I'll give you one more here. A recommendation, provide guidance on not using the term infinitely recyclable. So certain products are marketed as infinitely recyclable and they make the point here. They say uh, in the context of packaging, marketers often use 
it has shorthand to convey to consumers that a, that a material is not being downcycled. Um, I like this point. In, in reality, recycling processes inherently involve losses and waste, and no material can be recycled indefinitely without incurring a reduction in quality and or quantity. Tin, metal packaging, is, is the one that I often market as infinitely recyclable because it's so much more infinitely recyclable than plastic or paper that breaks down far more. So tin is the one that often you'll see in the packaging world is infinitely recyclable. Is that an overstatement? Is that truly infinitely recyclable? Um, or is there, there's got to be some degradation, right, over time, but maybe it's so minimal that that term's okay. So this is more just to give you guys, I'll drop it in the links below, just more to give you a clear and good example of thoughtfulness and the type of thoughtfulness and distinctions that you can learn from and make so that when you're making your decision, no one ever says that company was greenwashing, that company doesn't care. They might disagree with you, but at least you'll have considered all the main points to think about. And I think that's where the market is going to head, if I were to guess, because people do have there's sustainability can be somewhat subjective based on what sustainable benchmark you're looking at. But what is not subjective, what is objective is, is the brand misleading me? So we might differ on what the most sustainable option is, but uh, the wrong path, in my opinion, is always to greenwash and to try to mislead the consumer, both ethically and also for business reasons as the consumer becomes more educated. Okay, so I'll link that below. Um, And those are the main things. So I want to round out this episode by talking about the question of the week what I refer to as the thought-provoking, hopefully thought-provoking question of the day. Is moving away from plastic always the right move, even if it leads to more food waste? Because we're getting so many demands from consumers, no plastic, no plastic, no plastic. So I want you guys to be thinking of this so you can contribute and be someone that is uh, a valuable resource contributing to coming up with a solution versus saying no plastic, no plastic without even thinking of the ramifications. So here's my take. Please drop your take in the comments below, and I want to give you my take. So first off, I don't think it's an entirely fair question. I pose the question, now I say it's not entirely fair. Why do I say that? It supposes that there are not materials that are sufficient, that are sustainable as it stands right now. So uh, what I mean by that is we actually just had a good example in that earlier article with the strawberries. Maybe the plastic would keep the strawberries fresh for two years. I'm just throwing numbers out there. But this sustainable, more compostable material or compostable material, home compostable based on the article, will keep it fresh for a year. And maybe a year is sufficient. So there's plenty of cases where the plastics industry uh, talks about this point of shelf life compared to product freshness and product spoiling and says, oh, my gosh. Look how unsustainable it would be if all these products spoiled. Look at all the greenhouse gas emissions. Look at all the waste. Look at all the water that was used to grow in these vegetables that will spoil. However, in a lot of cases, there is a sustainable option. So you gotta you got to ask yourself as a brand, what is my need? Do I need two years? Do I need a year? And if I only need a year and my product's going to turn within three, six months, nine months, then I'm good. So think about what your need is because there may be an option. But let's go one step further and say, let's say there's a use case where no sustainable option exists that will keep it fresh long enough. An option does not exist. And you're talking about plastic and you're criticizing that brand for using plastic. I think plastic is horrible at the end of life. I think the recycling rates are low and we see what's happening in the oceans and there's, there's a lot of negatives. But we have to at least think about this concept. It's a very real concept that if you compare those consequences at the end of life 
compared to having these vegetables rot and having incredible amounts of food waste, it's at least worth discussing. It's at least worth, again, I don't have a right or wrong answer. I don't think there is a right or wrong answer. I almost think it's a right or a left decision. I don't think this is a right or wrong. Right or wrong is misleading people. But if you say a right or a left decision, I think this is one of them. And you have to at least think about this and think about both paths um, and ultimately make the right choice for your brand that you think is best. And, um, and that's it. A lot of these things are not so black and white. They are somewhat subjective and you have to make the call that's right for your brand. Okay. So I hope you found this episode valuable and insightful. If you did, please share it with your colleagues. And thanks as always for listening to the Stay Sustainable Packaging. This is the Sustainable Packaging Show podcast. Thanks for listening to the Sustainable Packaging Show. The time for greenwashing is over. If you're looking for sustainable packaging in the cannabis industry, email wow at compepopackaging.com. Mm-hmm.